and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? This is it! Five, six, seven, eight. You've got talent. Let's see what we can do with it. You're gonna make me believe that you belong on that stage. Dancing on that show is my dream. And welcome, folks, to the Movie Musical Shakedown. I am your host, Chris Peterson, founder, editor-in-chief of Onstage Blog and OnStageBlog.com. Incredibly excited that you're joining us this week for what should be a really insightful deep dive into arguably one of the greatest movie musicals of all time. I am talking about 1972's Cabaret, directed by the great Bob Fosse, starring Liza Minnelli, Joel Grey, Michael York, and more. Um, you know, this was a fun rewatch. Uh, it was also a, a timely rewatch. I found a lot of things in this movie are disturbingly uh, relatable in 2020. And, and sadly, I should not have to say that, but... It's true, and I think that you can you can don't have to fall necessarily on either political aisle to agree that there is something um, really disturbing, uh, you know, about this film and, and what is happening today. So I, I encourage you to watch it, but I also encourage you to watch it, you know, knowing that you know obviously there's things going on all over the world right now that are very very similar to what happened in the events in this movie, uh, which is obviously right before. Uh, World War II. So it was an interesting rewatch. Joining me this week is my wife, Nicole, who is kind of the foremost expert on all things Fosse in this household. So we definitely will talk about that. We'll talk about the choreography, the music, uh, the design of this film, the performances from the actors. This is one of those movies, too, that, you know, I, I would put it in the top 10 movie musicals of all time that actually beat out movies like The Godfather, uh, when it comes to various Oscars and things like that. So it's a really interesting movie to break down and get into, but I'm looking forward to doing all of that. Uh, just a quick reminder that this podcast and all of our podcasts can be found on the Onstage Blog Network at onstageblog.com, where we're constantly looking to add more and more content, more and more, more material now that we have time to actually produce it. So be on the lookout for that because we're going to be doing a lot of that uh, over the next couple months as well. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Nicole's going to be joining me, and we're going to jump into Cabaret. But first, as always, here is the trailer. This was Germany in the early 30s. Hello, stranger. Full of life. And love. This was Sally Bowles in the early 30s. I dash all day and I work late at the cabaret. Full of life. I love parties. Doesn't my body drive you wild with desire? And love. 
Oh, Brad. A special girl. I'm gonna be a great film star. <laughs> that is a booze and sex, don't get me first. On the brink of something fantastic. I mean, it would be funny, wouldn't it, if he asked me to become the next Baroness von Hoyne in Regensburg? And frightening. <laughs> <laughs> Bowl. I'm Brian Roberts. And I have this strange, mystical, daddish feeling about you. So you're moving right in, okay? Okay? Have you ever slept with a dwarf? Once, but it wasn't a lasting relationship. Do you sleep with girls or don't you? Sally, you don't ask questions like that. I do. Poor man. He tries to love me. I may have my tiny faults. God damn it, I'm gonna and we're back and we're now joined by my excellent very cuddled up cozy looking co-hosts this week miss oh. nicole peterson how are you good thank you I mean, we're recording downstairs which is like 10 degrees colder than our living room so you know i have to bundle up it's kind of a first for us to be recording yes. down here in the basement uh, but I've transformed part of the basement into my office since we're all kind of being quarantined right now. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been kind of an interesting setup, mm -hmm. so to speak. But, um, so we're talking about, uh, probably one of the best movie musicals of all time. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about Cabaret this week. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this, Nicole. Yes. Why is this one of your favorite movie musicals of all time? Uh, because, well, several reasons. List them all. <laughs> okay. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I think that it takes what I think a lot of uh, theater goers think as kind of a staple show, and at least up until this point, up until the movie came out, and took a a hit and made it into something that was more relatable to the entirety of the American public, not just people who wanted to go see musical theater. Um, it focuses on character and history and all of that with a whole lot of style, which I really appreciate. You mm -hmm. already know how much I love Bob Fosse. I do. And I do. Um, so I love his style that's sprinkled all over this film but um i also love liza so there's lots of good stuff going on in this musical yeah i mean you definitely see you know if you're if you're a close follower of fossey's film work mm -hmm. um you can see how what he did here really kind of translated to lenny and then also all that jazz mm -hmm. and well you can see the beginnings of this in sweet charity it just didn't translate as well mm. and because he was given freedom, but he had, I think, a palette that worked better for him with Cabaret than he did with Sweet Charity. You can see the real growth in, especially his editing. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, you get a lot of quick edits, um, edits that, you know, out of place edits, if you will, like you going back to Joel Grey, mm -hmm. you know, for an instant and things like that. So it's it's a very interesting way of, of editing mm -hmm. and, and pacing a movie. Um, so to speak. Let's talk about the cast. Yeah. Because you've got uh, at least two of which are iconic. Yes. 
Um, not no, no offense, Michael York, but you could swap out any British actor mm-hmm. for that, and I'd probably feel the same about that role. But um, you've got Liza Minnelli probably at her best, arguably her best, mm-hmm. uh, and Joel Grey definitely at his best. Yes. Um, I mean, these are. This is an iconic role for both of them. Yeah, I wouldn't call it the apex mountain necessarily for Liza Minnelli. What does that even mean? That means like that her peak, so to speak. I, I would. I would Liza actually. Liza with a Z. Liza with a Z, <laughs> I think, and then like into Arthur was probably her peak. Mm-hmm. But I mean, she did win the Oscar for this role. She so that's, did. That's a huge stepping stone. But um, let's talk about let's, let's talk about Joel Grey and the, yeah. and the role of the MC, a, a, a role that we never really know the name of this person, mm-hmm. but it's just the MC. Um, let me ask you this. Yes. You know, this is an iconic film role. Uh-huh. There's iconic shots, that opening shot of him coming that you see as yep. reflection. That's like in every film highlight reel I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to this role, though, is he the quintessential MC? Or is Alan Cumming the <sighs> MC? That's tough. I would say for theater people, Alan Cumming is. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because he took a role that everyone knows and did something new. Yes. Uh, however, I think for everyone else in the world, it's Joel Gray. And he does a great job. No, he does a fantastic job. And he, again, takes something that he had done on Broadway and already put his name on and makes it feel new again in mm-hmm. this. So, I mean, I think for the same reason that Alan Cumming deserves so much praise. Mm-hmm. Joel Grey deserves that same praise for doing it in the movie. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, Liza is mm-hmm. in this. Um, Sally Bowles is a tough character. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is a much tougher character to play than, I think, what is typically presented. I think a lot of people think it, you just have to play this, like, free spirit uh, type of rebellious woman. And it's like, no, there's there's a lot more to that role. Well, you have to be able to make the audience feel for you. And what comes across as a very, I mean, sometimes even vapid and selfish character, you still have to be able to make the audience connect with you. And it's funny, you and I were talking last night, and I rewatched this last year for the first time in a couple years, and again, when we watched it the other night, and it's the first time that I was frustrated with Sally. I was like, she's making poor decisions. Mm -hmm. She's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whereas in the past when I'd seen it, I had just been enamored by her excitement and her spirit. I think as someone who saw it in my early 20s and late teens, connecting with her energy and all of that. And now I'm connecting with her in a different way. And I'm seeing like that lost soul that she is and the, the child in her more. Um, and I just do think Liza... Minnelli just gave such a layered performance Mm -hmm. that there is something in it for everyone who sees her character. You're going to connect to something, um, even if it's frustration at her whimsy and all of that. But um, I just think she does an incredible job. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's an iconic look. Mm -hmm. She has an iconic look in this film. Um, It's, you know, you could put her look in artwork and just, you know, immediately. Well, she looks like Louise Brooks. Which is, mm. I mean, of the time anyway, yeah. but... No, absolutely. Um, rounding out the cast, you had Helmut Garim, Graham, Green as Max. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Fritz Welper, Wepper. I, I'm terrible. <laughs> good Lord, this is like You're the worst movie. You're not good at pronouncing names no. anyway. Um, and especially a German movie. <laughs> like, I'm just going to be all over the place. But uh, 
you've got someone named Fritz playing Fritz, actually. Oh, um, okay. And that's an interesting role. It's it's a role that I think when you look at it in a with a twenty twenty lens, it can be a little problematic, um, especially when mm-hmm. you hear about the way that he you know technically woos um, Natalia mm-hmm. and uh, you know forcing himself upon a woman and right. then you know having her succumb to his advance. I'm like that's right. a little mm-hmm. you know that and I, I I might be you know tipping my hand in terms of my yeesh moment, but that was definitely right. something that, that stuck out to me. Um, but you know it, it was a, I think an overall strong cast mm-hmm. uh, overall. Um, I think the dancers in the Kit Kat Club are fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. So and you get some really you don't get like the sweet charity choreography from Bob Fosse, but you get enough of it to to say there's some you well, know something there. What's I think what connects with more audiences for this film is that the musical numbers are performed on stage. So if you're someone who is super turned off by people just falling into singing and <laughs> bursting into song. That's not something that ever has bothered me, but I know some people are really turned off by it. Then Cabaret might be that musical for you because the you know musicals happen in a musical setting. Yeah. The characters are singing songs that are reflecting what's going on in the world around them, but it has nothing, you know, they're not walking down the street and singing a song. Right. So right. Um, this movie, very well received, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it went on to get nominated for multiple Academy Awards, won eight of them, yep. actually, uh, including Best Actor, or excuse me, Best Supporting Actor for Joel Grey, yep. and Best Actress for Liza Minnelli. Best Director. And Best Director for Mr. Fosse. It beat out, very controversially, uh, The Godfather in a I lot of these. I think only you care about that. I, I think <laughs> most cinefo- you know, cinematic uh, experts would probably say... Wow, that's uh, quite quite the upset. If you oh, know. I don't think so. I mean, I I do see it winning certain awards. I, you know, I think if you went back and revoted, no, I don't think Joel Grey gets an, an Oscar over Al Pacino for The Godfather. I disagree. I also don't think. I think I read. I think our, uh, either it was either um, I think it was cinematography that this won over The Godfather, and I was like, no way. And even maybe even Fosse. I don't know. Does Fosse win? An Oscar if we revote in twenty twenty. Yes, Let's, you know, it's a tough you, call. I know I'm biased, I, and I'm biased for the Godfather. How I know, <clears throat> but the Godfather. We can we can argue about this forever. We already have had an argument about it. But <laughs> that we have. <laughs> the Godfather is a good movie. I love it. It's fun to watch, but Cabaret is unique. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to agree to... Di- because I don't want to sleep on the couch tonight, I'm going to agree uh, to disagree. What other general thoughts did you have about this movie? So many. Um, just something that I'd like... And on any further rewatches, just watch how wide Joel Grey can open his mouth. <laughs> he gets his up there. <laughs> he can open his mouth so wide. Um... So, in Wilkeman, the Kit Kat Club dancers are kicking in unison on just the hi-hat hits Hmm. of the drum, and it's really hard to do that, because they are totally offbeat but still in sync with one another in the the offset of the music, Mm -hmm. and it's not even, like, really... 
I mean, I guess you could call it syncopation, but it's, I was watching it very impressed by their ability to do that. Um, I love a passe with a flexed foot and mm. an inverted knee. It's pretty cool. That's very inside baseball when we talk about dance. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what inside baseball means. Very, so that's very inside. inside baseball like an, like an of inside, inside term. Baseball. Yeah, you'd have to be a dance expert almost to know um, that. Ugh, yuck on all the ventriloquist dummy business. Yeah, you just don't like those dummies. I don't. Yeah, they gotcha. give me the creeps. Um, would you ever eat a prairie oyster? Yes. Ugh. When they were describing it in the movie, I was like, yeah, Raw I egg with... Just down it. You just have to, like... But you like oysters anyway. I do. I do like oysters. Oh, no, so, thank you. I, you know, and I'm not a big guy when it comes to German food to begin with, mm. except for sauerkraut. I'll put that on anything. I know. But, um, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's not a good food movie. I'll put it that way. No, it's not. It's a good drinking movie, but not yes. a good food movie. So, anything Well, I else? mean, they're all starving. So, That's true. I mean, <laughs> That's true. Uh, anything else before we get to the categories? Oh, yeah. Mine hair is just so enthralling. I realized I hadn't written anything for like 15 minutes during that section. I would argue film. that that's like the standout number for the entire movie. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, I wish they still had table telephones at restaurants. Yeah, that was interesting. I, I noticed. I noted that too. I was like, hmm, table telephones. That would be cool. I just like to call table three over there. Yes. <laughs> uh, Sally, it just drove me a little bit nuts on this viewing but at the same time I feel like it, when I come back in a couple of years and rewatch it I'll have different feelings feel differently. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very interesting the literal mixing of sex with violence they did during the later Hosen mm. number mm-hmm. I mean quite literal mm-hmm. it, it was just very jarring but I appreciate the um, the thought behind it and I always get Max and Frick mixed up mm-hmm. and like until like halfway through the movie <laughs> there you go <laughs> those are my general thoughts good what about stuff you? good stuff well let's get into the categories okay. so the first category is dusty room moments because we all know that sometimes these shows and movies make us a little emotional and the lumps in our throats grow to typically mm-hmm. so did you have any dusty room moments watching cabaret a few really uh not tears but like little gut punches hmm. um i love the wedding Okay, yeah. I do, even though, I mean, we know maybe the origins of their romance, not so great, Mm -hmm. but the fact that they did end up coming together in his, in his ability to tell the truth, and her be able to have peace in that, that Mm -hmm. it was just, it was nice, it was kind of the one, one nice thing (laughs) that came out of this. It's true. Um, When Michael kisses Max, not Michael, Brian. Brian. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, I I give a little cheer for him because I'm glad he gets to have that moment. Um, And then with the abortion at the end, I really, because Sally has every right to make the choice that she does, I still feel so much for Brian because of his connection with her and just I feel like the life that he imagined for them going back to England Mm -hmm. and just all of that to to feel that loss for the both of them is just gets me every time yeah how about you um no no yeah (laughs) (laughs) didn't really have any um yeah no no emotional moments for you no none (laughs) nothing I thought I would but yeah no None whatsoever. Oh my goodness, so, Christopher! What are you gonna do? If they if they played catch, 
would you feel differently? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, if one of them said, gee, Dad, you want to throw the ball? Then, then you've got me every time. Um, how about any yeesh moments? Anything that was made you uncomfortable? I mean, obviously, there's a lot. There is a, there's a lot. The whole movie is kind of made to set you on edge. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that always gets me, though, is the tomorrow belongs to me scene. Every time. It's a little jarring. Um, well, and just also the aggression in which they sing it mm-hmm. and the slow pan out and then just Brian's realization at the end when he says to Max, do you th- still think you can control them? Like, you know, do you have this under control? Is just, it's very unsettling. And if, if you watch the older man mm-hmm. who's sitting around watching his grandchildren stand up and sing this song and he's just got his head in his hands like, oh no, it's happening again. Right. It's just that scene always really sets me on. I mean, aside from all of the other violence, mm-hmm. I've always found that really bothersome, but that's true to what's happening. Right. So. And I, I wouldn't call this a yeesh moment, but like, I guess Charles Usherwood, who wrote the, the mm-hmm. film, um, wasn't pleased with how homosexuality was depicted in it as being kind of like this defect almost. Um, and I don't know if I saw that in in the film. Uh, I, I saw it very like, you know, this is how it was viewed probably mm-hmm. in 1939 Germany. Um, you see, I <clears> didn't <throat> think it was viewed as a right. negative way at all. I thought Brian being able to say, especially at the end when he, you know, he had slept with Max too, the way he just said it. Mm-hmm wasn't said with shame it was just said right. as the way that character is that is who he is as a person and very rarely do you see you know bisexuality uh depicted you know in movie musicals mm-hmm. i mean if any i mean i can't right. think of any other one off the top of my head so yeah that's huge that's and huge. i think it was depicted without a shameful edge that is just who that character is right. and I... uh any lingering questions you know what I really don't have a lot of them for Good. this show. Good. The only one I had was what happens to Fritz and Natalia. You know, I know. Do they go to America? Because, I mean, she's rich, so they technically probably could Yes. You know, have the means to escape if they got out, I think, Well, I really, I want to know what happens to all of them. Mm. I want to know, you know, does the Kit Kat Club become, as it looks like it does, a Nazi haven? Right. Does, you know, so how does that show change? Is there still political discourse on stage and, you know, jabs or does it turn into a, mm-hmm. you know, Nazi-friendly? But I, I don't know. I want to know what happens to all well, of them. Well, I think, you know, what I probably should have mentioned before was how timely watching Cabaret right now oh feels in 2020. I mean, it really, we talk about watching these movies through a 2020 lens, and it's like, oh my God. Like it's the, so unsettling. It's the same thing that's happening in Cabaret is happening in this country as we speak. And I don't want to get too political on this podcast, but I mean, when we talk about there's that scene where people are wondering if the news that the Nazis are, are reporting yep. is true. And it's like, that's exactly the same things that are happening in our world today. Right. No, and I mean, like when Brian calls that guy out and says, you don't really believe that, do you? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's the same talk that you're hearing now, and I mean, it's we just, hear you hear these you know types of conversations between, on Facebook. You see it on yes. social media. It's like oh my god, like people believe propaganda, and mm-hmm. it's you know, and and there's a distrust in the media nowadays. So it's it, it's it's I definitely encourage you if you're listening to this podcast 
if you haven't already to prepare to listen to this podcast, go back and watch Cabaret because it is definitely unsettling. It's $3 on Amazon. There you go. Spend, <laughs> spend it. All right. Well, before we get into rating the um, the mm-hmm. singing, the directing, the acting, and the design, all that fun stuff, um, I always like to kind of throw some casting what-ifs mm-hmm. at you. And I wasn't able to find very many because this film was pretty much like secured uh, when they made it, but I did find some some casting what-ifs for Brian and Sally Bowles. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> there were about 20 actors that were that test scre- like test, did test shoots for Brian, and among them were Timothy Dalton, okay. um, Jeremy Irons, mm-hmm. and Tim Curry. How old would Jeremy Irons have been, 14? No, he would probably have been in his 20s. Really? He, he probably would, yeah, him and Michael Yorker, I think, are in the same ballpark. Oh. Um, wow. But would, so Jeremy Irons, Tim Curry, Timothy Dalton, would you have preferred any of them to, to uh, Michael York? No, I like Michael York. I think he has, he, that character is supposed to be an observer. And I think if you had someone who was more charismatic and more, like, if, Tim Curry would have stolen Sally Bowles's right. thunder. And I'd honestly, almost want him as the MC. almost. Yes, know, like, yes. Yeah. I don't, and same with Jeremy Irons. There's this suaveness to them. And Timothy Dalton, all of them have mm-hmm. that charisma. And I think you, if you have someone who's Brian, he has to be able to be the person who's taking this world in, not, uh, not have it be about him to start. Like gotcha. he needs to be the entranceway for the audience. So for Sally Bowles, mm-hmm. uh, it seems like every woman in Hollywood and her mother were considered uh, for it at some point. So among the names, uh, Natalie Wood, mm-hmm. uh, Barbara Streisand, mm-hmm. uh, Shirley MacLaine, mm-hmm. Jane Fonda, Faye Dunaway, Anne Margaret, and Julie Andrews. Would you have preferred any of those to Liza Minnelli? No. The only person who I think would fit would be Shirley MacLaine. Mm. Just, they, I mean, yeah, no, there's just something about Liza Minnelli in this role. I just, I mean, what do you think? Well, I think Liza brings the right amount of uh, beauty, toughness, mm-hmm. rebelliousness. Um, Julie Andrews can't do that. No. You know, God love her, Faye Dunaway can't do that. Um, I think... I don't know if Jane Fonda can even sing, so I don't even know if that was even... Right. I mean, Anne-Margaret, wrong look entirely yeah. for, for this film. Um, Natalie Wood, at, at that point, in 1972, uh, maybe a little old. Well, not only that, I feel like Liza Minnelli, if you look like... I think Jane Fonda, uh, if you look too all-american barbie it just doesn't doesn't work Mm -hmm. liza minnelli i think works because she no matter where she is is the oddball Mm -hmm. no matter where she is you're looking at her and i don't think barbara could dance it i think i think fossey requires a certain level of dance well i also don't know if her personality could have worked with bob fossey yeah i think that would they would have clashed left and right Mm -hmm. that's just like dynamite and you know fire so I figure speak, you so. Liza Minnelli grew up as the third biggest personality in her family <laughs> yeah that's true 
That's true. All right. Well, let's get into writing, the singing, the acting, the dancing, and design, because those, those are four. <laughs> I'm seeing your notes. Good Lord. So those are four areas that you need to really be firing on all cylinders to be truly a successful movie musical. So even though I can see the answer, Nicole, how would you rate the singing? Ten. T- yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, aware, I'm with you. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's you've got the people that do sing mm-hmm. are good singers. Yes. There's not there's not one person even like the townspeople in Tomorrow Belongs to Me sound good. Yes, you know, so like that little soldier boy. It's like, oh mm-hmm. damn it, he does sound pretty good. So, yeah, um, yeah, like I'm 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 probably with you on that one. Um, how about the uh, acting? So I actually I wavered on this. Okay, I did give it a ten, mm-hmm. but I. It took me a long time. I didn't actually give it a score until today after I sat on it for a little while because I know that these are high stakes scores. High stakes, but yes. I to think about it. Because this, again, every time I watch it, I have a different reaction to the character. Mm-hmm. And I have to think, is it because they're doing an amazing job and they're bringing different qualities to it? Or is it because I'm becoming bored of their characters? But no, I... I Option one, I think every time I'm finding it's something new to enjoy in their performance. So. Okay, all right. I gave it an eight mm-hmm. overall. Uh, I think there are good performances. I think some of the supporting cast are like, eh, okay. I mean, Natalia's a little stiff for me overall. She was a model, right? Not an actress? I think so, yeah. So I was just, and it, and it shows. Uh, but she ended up being nominated for like a Golden Globe mm-hmm. you know, later on. So she, she got some, some accolades. But um, yeah, I was just like, yeah, some of the, some of the performances I would have liked... A little more like when she opens the door and sees the dead dog. There, mm-hmm. I would have liked to see more of a reaction from her than what she gave. But that's just me. So I gave it an eight. Um, how about the dancing? Ten. See, plus. this is this is where you and I are going to differ. I gave it a five. You, that's disgusting. I gave it Peterson. a five because Ugh. it's Fosse. I yes. have high expectations, and the numbers where you would expect some really good choreography. And there really wasn't any. Like, the two ladies dance, it's just a bunch of, like, twists and do doing so to speak. But that's that's not what that number's about. Well, it's just, it, you know, I want some good choreography. Mine hair is probably the strongest, mm-hmm. but the way that he shot it, you never really get some group, you never get that group, num- you know, seeing those group ensembles of dancing. Um, so, yeah, overall, just wasn't really impressed with the dancing. I think it was more concentrated on the filmmaking aspect, which is why I gave it a five. You're staring at me very weird. I just I don't understand how you've come to that conclusion. I'm just I'm just gonna throw it out there. I just I, I don't feel like choreography wise this is his best work. Sweet, Char- not- Sweet charity is his best work. No. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> anyway, listen, I'm the Fosse expert between us, so I don't think this is his best work, but I think for what this film needed, mm-hmm. the choreography was exactly what it should be. Yeah, I give it a five. So how about the design? <laughs> Let's talk about the design. Um, Nicole, you gave you, me claw hands. I know, I did. How do you like the, what do you think about the look of this film? I love it. It's a 10. See, this is where you and I are going to differ again. I would have, I mean, maybe it's me. It's you. This whole, it's you. Everything just looks so, I don't know, colorless. Maybe that's, that's on purpose. That's the point. Maybe that's on purpose. I don't know. It was very of, of the time. Like, it doesn't, you know, it, everything looks like it's, you know, that time. But yeah. I don't know. I just wanted some more pizzazz in certain areas. But that's just me. That so is I, just you. So I gave it a seven in terms of design. Ugh. That's just me. No, I thought 
the design was fantastic. I thought the attention to detail, again, every time I watch it, I find something new. This is the first time I realized they had, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, say sparkly vaginas. <laughs> All of their costumes had rhinestones <laughs> on the true. crotches. And this is the first time I noticed that. And after what? This is rewatch number 10 or something for me in the past decade. Mm. Um, but I, I thought there was so much attention to detail. Yeah. And even in their apartment, mm-hmm. like, and I just, oh, Christopher, I can't <laughs> believe this. This so is so disheartening. So let's move on to the music. Um, songs that we needed. So they cut out a lot of music from the original mm-hmm. uh, musical. Do you know the numbers? Um, I mean, not really. I was introduced to the movie first. Okay. So, and I've heard a couple times the cast recording, but. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I, I think they made the the right choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked to have seen Don't Tell Mama in this. It couldn't please me more, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think would have been good choices. But yeah, there wasn't that one song that I felt like we really Well, and needed. see, like, I like those songs, but I don't think they would have added much to the plot or to, like, right. and that's what needs to happen. Anything so. you would have cut from this movie? Um... No, I, no. Yeah. I like everything the way it is. Yeah, I agree. I think they. I think every song serves its purpose, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't cut any numbers out of this movie at all. So, um, anything you're gonna go f- like fast forward to? Mine hair. Yeah. Yep, because the dancing is fabulous, mm. Christopher. It well, I mean that's no, your, no, it's it's the truth. That's your opinion. <laughs> so anyway, uh. Let's give out some pretty prestigious awards. Um, the first is our Julia Award. Liza. Yeah? It's gonna be, I'm going to give it to the young soldier boy. He's an excellent... No, I'm kidding. The uh, young soldier boy is not better than Liza Minnelli. No, Liza gets on Julia Award. How about the Russell Crowe Award? The Kit Kat Dancers. Now, I know they were supposed to not be great singers. That's true. That was the point. That's but. true. Um, any bumlets? Well, who did you give your... Russell Crowe. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Um, I gave it to not the young soldier boy, but the young lady that joins in. Because mm-hmm. she's, you know, singing. And she Again, seems, they sing so aggressively. She seems like but she's you know too I eager just, to jump up and I salute the Nazis. I just found out was that most of those kids singing didn't speak English, so they had to learn the song in English and then learn what it meant after the fact. Mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting. Interesting, interesting. All right, final question. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that I always like to end on is should this movie get a remake because we now best picture winners are now in bounds because West Side Story is being remade mm-hmm. so Cabaret even though it didn't win best picture should this get a remake um, I really I don't know I think I would love to see the version with Alan Cumming I would love to see that version. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't old enough to go see it in I Studio was. 54. I did. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. The uh, cast in the 90s? Yes. Yeah, I saw it. With Natasha Richardson. She was great. Oh. <laughs> not, oh. not the Emma Stone version when they came out and re- revived it. And no, I don't want to see that. No, no, that was... Well, that was, and that's just it. I don't want to see Cabaret with Emma Stone. No. I nothing against Emma Stone, but I I if there was a way to recreate that '90s mm-hmm. first revival, 
podcast. That's what I want to see. It's fantastic. I don't want to see anything else, though. I don't want to see... Uh, I don't know. There, I want it to stay gritty, but not like Batman Returns gritty. I don't want it to be Hollywood right. gritty. I want right. it to stay where it needs to be. Yeah, this is... I mean, now that we're in this era of streaming networks, would I like to see Netflix take a shot at this? Sure. Mm. Um, this is I, by far one of the most popular college theater, community theater... Not so much high school, but like pieces I, that yeah, is you being done in the high school. Well, they do though. That's, but, but is it watered down? Uh, a little bit, yeah. So, <clears> like, I think Brian's sexuality is like almost. What about the abortion? Uh, I think depending upon what part of the country you're in. I mean, <laughs> look, I, I've seen a lot of high schools do stupid things to this show to, in order to perform it. So, lesson learned. First. Okay. Don't change the material. No, don't change the material. Just save it for when you're old enough to actually be able to perform it well. I wasn't going to say this because it drives me crazy, but um, many of you know I'm a dance teacher. I was at a competition last year with my students, and I saw a performance of two ladies at a dance competition. Now, if you don't know, most dance competitions are for people 18 years old and younger. Mm -hmm. So right off, I don't think two ladies should be competed no. no but it was done with children it was two ladies performed with eight-year-olds even worse a trio and which is just so tone deaf to me so don't let kids perform cabaret you're not doing the material justice at all mm. there's no weight and no groundedness behind the material if it's being performed by people who don't understand it and not only that Children should not be exposed to content that they don't have a way of understanding yet. I agree. There Sorry, I'll put my high horse away. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Well, on that note, uh, thank you for joining us this week. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm sorry you and I did not agree I'm on not everything. I'm not happy with your answers here. Well, you know, that's... that's... We're going to go upstairs and I get to pick what we watched tonight. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> here comes a lot of HGTV. Maybe. You uh, might have to watch some new tiling. Oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway, all right, folks. Well, you can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Onstage Blog Network and onstageblog.com, where we have, I think, like five podcasts right now, and it's growing. We've got some new stuff coming out down the road, so lots of things to enjoy. Um, Nicole, thanks again. Five? A five. I'm sorry. I love you. This is going to bother me. Like, I know. it really is going to bother and me a lot. That's why I gave it a five. Oh. All right, folks. <laughs> we'll see you next week right here on the Movie Musical Shakedown. One song to leave behind one day more. No day but today.